Well, hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted you've been able to tune in with us yet again for today's show. Now, before we do get into the show, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share if you do get a chance. If you like listening to us on a podcast player, there's a link down below in the description, which will take you to a website where you can see all the available podcast players. And finally, if you get some value from the show, if you like the show, if you want to support the show, you can do all this by clicking on the link below down in the description and buying the show a coffee. Now, now that's all said and done, let's jump into the top four stories doing the rounds today here in Thailand. We're going to start off with a little bit of politics. The Charter Court has been asked to probe Putai Party's 10,000 campaign giveaway policy. A complaint was lodged with the office of the Ombudsman today by Santia Sawadi, a political activist, asking the Constitutional Court to investigate Putai Party's campaign promise to distribute 10,000 baht in digital money to each of the 55 million Thai people aged over 16. Santia said in the complaint that such a manifesto promise may violate section 258 two and three of the constitution which could result in the dissolution of the party. The political activist said that according to the Putai party the policy will require about 560 billion baht of funding or about 20% of Thailand's national budget. He noted that during the government of Prime Minister Yingluk Shinawatra the Putai party introduced the rice pledging scheme to help rice farmers but the scheme ended up causing a loss of 884 billion baht to the state and a burden for successive government to repay the lender, the Bank of Agricultural and Agricultural Cooperatives, to the tune of 35 billion baht annually. Santia said that he is afraid that the Putai Party's 10,000 baht giveaway will end up like the rice pledging scheme fiasco. He explained that he decided to take the case to the Constitutional Court via the Office of the Ombudsman instead of the Election Commission because he does not trust the Election Commission, noting that the Election Watchdog has not disclosed the details of where the funding would come from and whether the policy is worth the expenditure. Now, this seems a little bit nonsensical. He's basically complaining about a policy and a promise or an election pledge in a manifesto that hasn't happened yet. And he's trying to get the party dissolved because of this. But he hasn't gone to the people that actually can do it, which are the election commission. So I have a feeling his complaint won't go far. And I am pretty much think he's kind of wasting his time with all this. Let's be honest. Parties make lots and lots of promises before elections and half the time they never keep them. They'll always have a reason why they can't. So I see this as being another kind of situation like this. Maybe they're promising 10,000 baht for everybody over 16. But there'll be there'll be bits and pieces that'll be added to it to ensure that not everybody gets 10,000. And it'll probably be only to spend it on certain things that, you know, the government controls. So it probably won't end up costing the money that he thinks it's going to cost. I think also Putaido, however, if they're going to have such a big giveaway for people, they need to explain where the money's coming and what exactly people will be able to buy with this money because as I know as as everybody knows it won't be as simple as here's 10,000 baht go spend it as you want but nevertheless we'll move on to the next story interesting one that I've spotted in the Patia mail I think it was but uh, very very few expats will escape this new tourism tax The latest notice from the Thai Tourism Ministry lists the exceptions of the rules that all foreigners must pay on arrival 300 baht at airports and 150 by land or sea. The fortunate ones are diplomats, infants under two, those with work permits, single day and transit passengers and a famous expression foreign residents in Thailand. 
The latter phrase is optimistically being interpreted by some expats to include themselves as they see themselves as residents by virtue of their annual renewable extension of stay based on retirement or marriage or because they are learning Thai. But the contextual meaning of resident here in Thailand is permanent resident or that category of foreigner who holds a red police residency book and has no visa expiry date in his or her passport. Needless to say it is a much sought after status with a complex application procedure which can take years. The scheme has been delayed until September because of the publicized reluctance of airlines to include the tax in most airfares while skillfully excluding the 300 baht from the ticket of Thai nationals and the foreign exempt groups. It is not yet clear whether this dilemma will be resolved by taxing everybody and instituting a post-arrival refund policy or by training travel agents what documentation to look for when deciding whether to include the tax. Of course, establishing a payment system on arrival at the airport would risk macro crowd control issues. Taxable foreigners arriving at land borders crossings had their own issues such as needing change, paying in foreign currency or offering online payments. How to avoid long queues of discontented travellers has not yet been resolved according to the Tourist Authority of Thailand. The proposed solutions have included advance payment online, cash boots at immigration checkpoints and latterly the establishment of a private company to sort everything out. The Thailand tourism fee, or better known as the TTF, according to the latest publicity circular, is to develop and keep up tourist destinations, presumably renovation and improvements, and to provide medical insurance for tourists. Without a clarification, this seems to suggest that tourists, whoever they are, are automatically covered for medical emergencies and do not need their own insurance cover. But previous announcements suggested that the government cover would be restricted to discretionary help in mass accidents such as cremation costs and compensation to family members. A spokesman at the tourism ministry said further information on the TTF might be delayed until the general election in mid-May or after the general election in midway. I pretty much think this can't come soon enough. So this has been dragging on now with no real solution in sight as to how they were going to operate this and we've spoken about this ad nauseum on this show because it's been dragging on for years every couple of months they talk about it's going to come in and they give a date and then it's normally postponed after that i think it's been postponed about five or six times now so we're at the stage that's definitely coming in september but the only problem is the airlines have refused to collect unless they're collecting it for everybody in other words everybody thai citizen uh foreigner working in thailand uh foreigner with uh residency status etc everybody would have to pay it because the airline said that basically under let's say international law or airline law or whatever it may be they can't discriminate between different people so the suggestions are that the first thing that might happen is that everybody pays it and then when you get to thailand there's a a way to apply for the refund i just don't see how that's gonna work but i mean they do do it in terms of getting your vat back when you're at the airport and that normally is not a huge burden on people so there might be that way but if you have an awful lot of people doing it it could cause traffic jams here there and everywhere Another way and the latest way was that they're going to employ a company to do it. But the 300 baht will soon start to disappear when a outsourced company starts doing it because they're going to need their processing fees and they're going to need their cut of it all. So the 300 baht suddenly will probably be down to 250 and who knows by the time it ever gets to the government who knows how much actually will ever even see the light of day. So that's the thing. Now, this article is very specific on what it talks about in relation to who and what kind of expat foreigner will be exempt from it. 
And it is very clear. I know a lot of people seem to think, well, I'm on a one-year extension of stay and I'm retired, so that would cover me. Well, it doesn't. Uh, Unless you have permanent residency in the country, that's what it means. Now, a person with a work permit is covered. They don't have to pay it. And a diplomat, children under two, as the article went on to say, it is seems very, 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 very messy. And it seems, as always, like I've said, not much thought has ever been put into it. It's just this idea that we're going to have this We want to get this 300 baht out of every foreigner. We're going to have so many foreigners coming here, 24 million this year. Oh, work out how much that is. But they seem, the one thing they they can't seem to do is figure out how to actually collect the money. And that actually surprises me because, you know, when we're here in Thailand, you always get the feeling that, yeah, they're extracting as much money out of you when you're in the country. But this one thing where they're legally able to collect it, they just don't know how to do it. I find that fascinating, to be quite honest. But nevertheless, that's just me. But for you guys, what do you think? Do you think the exemption's okay? Do you think people on long-term visas, like, let's say, a retirement visa, one-year renewable each and every year, should be exempt as well? I'd love to know your opinions, as always, down below in the comment section. Now, moving along, tighter visa rules are stymie Chinese groups. Inbound tourism operators for the Chinese market are calling for clarification of new rules for visa applications via tour groups, warning that Thailand may lose a lucrative segment, including large business travel groups, to competitors. The president of the Association of Thai Travel Agents said operators want clear answers on the new visa procedures because they could hamper travel activities for tour groups and large meetings and incentive groups that consist of hundreds or thousands of applicants. From May 8th, the Thai consular office in China will require every visitor to apply for an individual visa instead of a group application if they travel under the escort of a tour group. The number of applications per travel agent is also limited. Further requirements were added with the new measures, including presenting hotel reservation documents and a financial document showing at least 10,000 yuan. Moreover, some agents are limited to reserving visa applications only three days per week, either Monday, Wednesday or Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, with only 20 to 30 applicants per round, which differs from the past when there were no limits. The consular office also requires travel agents to present a certified document allowing foreign visa applications and a yellow card issued by the Chinese government, which needs to be renewed within a year or two. However, most Chinese agents' cards expired during the pandemic, and they couldn't renew them because of the slow process resulting from a lack of officers. Many visitors can apply for a visa on arrival at the airport, but that could lead to congestion at immigration counters as they queue up with independent tourists, he said. Mr. Siddhasavar said many large meetings and incentive groups are worried that such inconvenience might cause travellers to change their plans to Vietnam, Hong Kong or Macau if Thai authorities do not urgently deal with the issue. He said that this is definitely an obstacle to securing the government's target of 5 million Chinese visitors this year. Regarding tourism services, he said many Chinese tourists reported being overcharged by taxis. If they weren't willing to pay, they said drivers would drop them before reaching the destination. Pretty standard there with the old taxi driver. I'm surprised he he took them unless, uh, you know, he had already negotiated the rate. Probably wanted to turn the meter on. And we know it's what happened here in Thailand when you ask for the meter to be turned on in many 
places such as Bangkok, you either get yes or no, and they drive off and leave you there. And that's actually legit. But uh, this is another case of, are the Thai government shooting themselves in the foot in terms of attracting tour groups here to the country? Now, we all know that they want tour groups. They want this Chinese market back, but they seem to be making it very, very difficult. And I'd love to know the reason for it. Personally, I don't know. I don't know, has it got something to do with maybe these zero bat tours that we've heard about? I'm not quite sure. Are they worried about worried about illegal people, people unsavory characters? getting into Thailand via this method I just don't know it seems it does seem very much to me that it's a case again of Thailand wanting the money from these tourists but making it as difficult as difficult as they possibly can we saw this all throughout COVID of course when the Thai government had opportunities to open up the country but made it as difficult as possible for people with this very fuzzy cloudy thinking for me if you're looking to get the Chinese market if you're looking to bring five six million people here this year from a market that has been very very good to Thailand then I think you should make things easier not harder that's just my opinion on it all and finally some news out of Phuket a task force has been set up to target Phuket tourism illegal operators. Tourist police have launched a campaign targeting illegal tour guides and tourism businesses that are operating illegally here in Phuket. Major General Pong Siam, Deputy Commander of the Tourist Police, launched a campaign at an assembly at Phuket Tourist Police Headquarters in Phuket Town. Joining the assembly were officers from Phuket Tourist Police and Immigration. The officers will focus on 10 specific types of crime, including foreigners overstaying their permits to stay and illegal tour guides and other offences under the Tourism Business and Guide Act and the Immigration Act and other offences that affect tourism industry as a whole, the police major general said. The officers will inspect and crack down on crimes at many suspect locations, he noted. It is the policy of the tourism police to create safety and accommodate tourists while preventing crimes that affect the Phuket tourism industry, he noted. Today we mobilise tourist police to join forces with the immigration police and related agencies to make plans to inspect suspected locations. We will target tour companies and tourism related operators suspected of being illegal, he said. Phuket has a lot of tourists and the number of tourist related crimes has increased which is why the team was formed to raid all the illegal actions and build trust among tourists. On March 23rd General Pong Siam visited Pattaya and launched a similar campaign against 10 types of tourism related crimes. There in a speech he clearly said the actions would be taken nationwide. And this is only a matter of time before this starts. And I suspect we're going to see a lot of people arrested in the coming months. Because what has happened basically after COVID when the country has reopened is this rush to accommodate all these tourists and a lot of things not being done correctly by companies and businesses. There are a great deal of illegal guides here in Phuket, Panya and Krabi, and there are a great deal of illegal businesses being opened by foreigners who just think they can come to Thailand, open a business and run it themselves, one or two of their mates, without you know any business registration, without going through the proper legalities, without the proper business um, setup that you have to have here, which is always 51% Thai owned, 49% foreign owned. That's no matter what happens, unless you're an American business, and then it varies, I think, a bit. But I think tourism businesses then are also held under a different law as well, because Thailand types to protect tourism businesses and wants them run by Thais in general. 
as we can see, this has been going. We've spoken about the Russian illegal businesses that have been popping up all over the island. And of course, now that the Chinese are coming back, the same will happen again. They're trying to put a stop to this kind of stuff. And they want to make sure that tourism is being run legally in the province. I don't see anything wrong with that. I think if you're going to come here and you want to open a business, that's fair enough. You want to invest your money, but you don't do it on a budget shoestring and do it all illegally. And if you're going to do it illegally, you should expect to be, let's say, rounded up and shipped back home. Now, another thing, and you may say, how do they get away with this? Well, a lot of them just don't register anything. They come, they rent a few minibuses, and they think they're doing it all like this. And usually how they get caught doing all this is they have to hire one or two ties, maybe to drive the minibus, whatever. And they end up then acting the ass with these guys. They end up firing them or they end up not paying them enough or not paying them their salaries. And these guys actually snitch on them. I say these guys, there's no Thai people. We don't see Thai people running this company. Only these guys. Something's not right here. And these guys end up snitching on these people. And they're too silly to understand that if you're going to hire somebody, you need to treat them well because they're the ones who can, at the end of the day, bring down your business. And this goes on all over the island. And it's it's been very prevalent since, you know, as I said, COVID kind of subsided and we started to see the country open and we are what we are at now. But nevertheless, I think it's going to be interesting to see the businesses that get raided. And I'm pretty sure the Phuket media will certainly be reporting it. Maybe not the English side, but certainly the uh, the Thai uh, media in Phuket is very good. There's a number of great Facebook pages to uh, follow if you're interested in that kind of thing. Phuket Andamania News and Phuket Hot News are two very good Facebook pages that always have a lot of great stories. Now, they're in Thai, but you can hit see translation and you can read through them and you'll see the different things. You always see the stories there before they turn up in the likes of the Phuket News or the Phuket Express or whatever it is that's out there. But nevertheless, that's it for today, folks. As always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your support. Have a great day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.